my name is Hannah. My pronouns are they, them. You are listening to a podcast on queer folks' favorite tunes. This is Queer Sounds. Uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize to all of my American, African, and Asian friends because I am doubling down on the Eurocentrism of this series of episodes. But hey, if you've got any suggestions for cool people uh, that that might be a good fit for the show that you want to have on, drop us a drop us a line at Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Queer Sounds Pod at gmail.com, QueerSounds.com. You know where to find me. Either way. This this person that we've got on the show today has been all over Europe. Hi there, Kathy. How are you? Hi. Hello. Very, very happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Just for the record, what are your pronouns? Yes, uh, I'm Kathy. I use C and they pronouns uh, and they, them is the most preferable at the moment. Yes. All right. Um, before we start talking about all of the possible existential uh, crises that we experience, I've got a vague idea of who you are. But I'm just kind of wondering, what do you do in your in your in your spare time? Like games, movies, books. What's 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 your what makes you tick? Oh, uh, lots of Netflix. I am actually a, a a lover of movies and TV series. And I'm literally some months ago I was searching online how I could earn money just by watching all the movies and TV series I'm, I'm watching. Uh, I'm also a book lover, though uh, I'm only going back to book reading now. Um, I think. More people who are listening can also maybe identify or relate to how it much more, more easy it is to be more into movies and like the the movie scenes and and, and, and storytelling. So yeah, if if I would not be doing my activism, I think I could be very easily just watch movies and TV series all day. I mean, trying to make money by watching Netflix isn't that the dream? Yeah, I was actually searching for it. Uh, online, but I could only find other positions you can enter into Netflix. So my first research is not, it's actually a bit of disappointment because I haven't found something more concrete yet, but uh, you never really know. I know people who are doing it, most likely in the States or other other places, but yeah, it will be fun, especially watching queer uh, type of of, uh, relationships and storytelling. That's also fascinating, finally. As someone who likes books and likes movies and series, are you also the type of person who you know gets really frustrated frustrated when a book uh, is turned into a movie or a show, and you're just kind of annoyed because they leave out all of the little details? Like, is that is that is that a pet peeve of yours? Um, not not really. Uh, I used to read first the books and then the movies, uh, but luckily I don't remember and I don't recall all the details of a book. So when I would see the movie, it would be like, hmm, okay. Uh, I mean, I used to have this at least with, with, with the Harry Potter franchise back in the days. And, and lately I'm more into the movies first. So yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go back into book reading. But I'm not the type who will be like complain or like, oh, they le- they left this out or not because uh, I've been watching a lot of movies and it's quite hard to put all the beauty of a book uh, within one hour and 40 minutes. And the two are very different f- uh, for me. It's almost as if they're two different types of media, am I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I th- uh, like when I'm in a book reading, I'm, I'm, and if the book is like really good and I, I cannot take my eyes of it or like my, my mind of it, it's like another form of experience. But at the same time with a movie, it's also like completely different thing. Then I get to put a, a picture, like a visual of, of, of the character. That's also something I, I enjoy actually. So what's the most fun or impressive thing that you've recently read and, and or watched? Well, actually, yesterday I finished a book called The Midnight Library from Matt Haig. Actually, it's surprising. I even remember the the writer and it was all about like uh, being between life and death and suddenly having this, you end up in this midnight library and you have all these possibilities to go through all your regrets uh, in life and, and explore and then I'm not going to spoil the book it, it was very interesting, uh, easy to read uh, so lately I want to go back into these books because they're more easy to, to go back to other than that usually I also read books connected a lot with my work like activism and I'm educating myself on, on black black history black, uh, black Lives Matter and, and all this movement because there is not a lot of things uh, actually to find in Europe easily. All right. So um, if you find a way for Kathy to uh, afford a living through 
reading books or watching Netflix or whatever, um, you can you can get in touch. Um, and you know, if you find a way for me to make money off of podcasting, that would be cool too. Uh, sure thing. <laughs> all right, hit us up. Before then, I could make a very cheesy joke how it's our calling to watch Netflix and and do some podcasting, but that would be as cheesy as why the band chose this specific name. This is a band called True. The Calling, wherever you will go. So lately, been wondering who will be there to take my place when I'm gone. You'll need love to light the shadows on your face. If a great wave shall fall, I'll fall upon us all. Sand and stone Could you Track from 2001, and why are you thinking? Well, why is that cheesy in any way? Well, the band literally uh, decided on their name because they thought it was their calling to make music. And if that isn't a cheesy name for a band, I don't know what is. Uh, either way, wherever you will go, Kathy, why did you select this track for today? Ah, it's it's literally one of my favorite tracks. Uh, it was very challenging to choose from tracks connected with childhood and teenage years and so on. But this track uh, uh, saved, in a way, my life. I mean, it's one of those tracks that you listen to and you feel this hopefulness and so on. Though, when listening to the track now, after all these years and all my journey, it's like actually, it's it's a bit, it's a bit sad because it's like if i could then i would it's like it's it's a bit uh i don't know disturbing nowadays but back then it, it literally was uh one of the songs discovering alternative music uh i used to listen to vivaldi imagine like when i was a kid wow. yeah uh but i didn't want to choose vivaldi too uh i was not really the kid that was popular or like quite shy i was quite introvert quite into myself and i like to discover music that most people wouldn't know and then Something about the name of the band, the calling, and wherever you will go, always like gave me this like, hey, I do want to go wherever in this world and travel and so on. So it kind of allowed me to dream a bit, and I think I have connected it with some some people that were close with me um, also. So yeah, it's quite some history there. All right, so it's just kind of a, a a song that was a turning point for you in a way yes yeah i discovered it a bit later than 20, 2001 i was 11 by the time but i think i discovered it a few years after it's one of the songs that speaks to my heart you know it's it starts like very slow and then there is like this um i don't know how to describe it in words like this uh, bombastic of emotion like why well, if i could then i would work yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just stuck on the Vivaldi thing. How how did you end up listening to Vivaldi as a young child? Is that something your parents did? Uh, no, definitely not. Well, in, in childhood, like as I am from a person who was raised and grew up in Greece, uh, there's a lot of Greek music that I only started to listen when I actually went to the junior high school and uh, being around with, with friends and our Greek music is quite quite uh, dramatic in a way, like 
big part of it. Uh, but yeah, I was very attracted to uh, music without words back then, and uh, I had some CDs uh, around with with uh, classical music, and Vivaldi was one of my favorites. Mm. But I cannot recall like what really brought me there. But it was uh, it was very interesting. Does does classical music still play a part in your life? Um, I would not say classical, classical. Uh, I would say like like soundtrack music. I really enjoy from 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 movies like Hans Zimmer and like movies that have touched me. Then they have this background music in those high high turning point moments in the movie breakthroughs or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I did also when I was young, I did some keyboards learning, uh, but I don't recall doing a lot of classical music. But, you know, from from you liking Favalli from a young age and from there on moving to the calling, I do think that would make you the type of person that would, you know, give some extra appreciation to like the mandolin and the tambourine in that song. Yes, for sure. I, I, yeah, these are instruments that I, I always admire people who, who play them. Uh, it's like, wow, uh, the, the discipline there, it's something I, I envy sometimes. Because I did learn keyboard like for three years when I was young, then I was supposed to do piano, but uh, something scared me off with a strict teacher. So I kind of said, okay, maybe next time. Then some years later, I wanted to learn guitar and also I didn't uh, go for it fully. Uh, but I like to pretend, I, I'm very good at faking I'm a big rock star or something. Those were my teenage years. <laughs> so are, are you in general someone with an ear for detail? Uh, yes, I think I am. Uh, ear, eyes, uh, auditory is not my favorite part to be honest, but when it comes to music, um, I there are these songs that for me they're exceptional because they get to move me. And first I listen to the song and then I always also want to go for the lyrics because also I'm, I'm, I'm writing poetry and I'm, I'm a big like writer. In, in Writing is one of the format I really enjoy. But yeah, I, I think actually I recall a memory now uh, being in my house and rocking this song and some more songs while my parents were away and I was pretending I had a microphone and a guitar and there's this big concert in front of my living room with literally just maybe my teddy bears or something. That was fun. Oh, we've all been there. I hope so, so I'm not alone. Like, is is this specific track something that turned your taste in music into what it is today? Uh, I think it influenced it for sure. These and, and some more now, like some bands that perhaps right now are not that popular, like Lifehouse band, The Calling. Uh, the, oh, I don't remember more now. Uh, but like, in general, I'm, I'm very into like alternative... Um, music i also listen to a lot of mainstream also but but yeah i don't think my music has changed a lot actually we're going to talk about early 2000s alternative rock like stuff like three doors down also comes to mind oh yes here with that you baby yeah also three doors down and and uh, oh a friend of mine recently sent me a song from this band i cannot even remember Hubastang Huba also used Huba to be. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Hubastang and who else was there? Uh, the, not not the Ramson, it was another one. The Erasmus? Uh, the Erasmus, yeah. <laughs> also that one. Oh, I love this music. <laughs> I, I feel like this entire section deserves a playlist of its own. Uh, yeah. Just the entire, I mean, there are probably playlists out there that are full of early 2000s alternative rock with the Rasmus and, and I don't know, maybe some Eagle Eye Cherry in there. Um, yeah, either way, uh, if you want to hear uh, The Calling wherever you will go on the, in, the, in the context of this podcast, you can check it out on Spotify. There's an entire playlist there with all of the songs that have been featured on the show in the last year. It's just called the Queer Sounds Playlist. Uh, so you can have all of the fun of the show without the actual show. Um, I mean, we've been talking about what, what, how, how we got here, how we got to this point in your life uh, as, as with with this specific song as a turning point. How would you describe your 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 taste in music the way it is today? Ooh, a uh, beautiful mess. <laughs> Because I'm I'm the type of person who uh, would l would like to be in a corner and with my headphones and just listen to the most uh, 
nostalgic, melancholic songs moving and so on. And at the same time, I can be the one who will start voguing out or like listening to reggaeton or mainstream or all kind of things. So I think it, it a lot reflects on, on my personality and, and how I ping pong in a way and balance off all the sides of myself, like uh, appreciating both like the happy side that wants to dance and use my body and, and go for it. And also the, this side of myself who wants to just be in, in, this, in the silence with a, with a voice of the music and the lyrics and so on and like get into places with a more like... I would not describe them as depressive songs because that used to be when I was really into depression like years ago, but more like the ones that they're more like calm and they take me to some other form of, of uh, places. I think I describe it, no? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, can be, it can be very complicated. I totally understand. Like, how do you discover new music in general? Like, uh, is, it, is it through family, friends, radio, traditional media? How do you... Uh, how do you how do you go about that all? Hmm. Well, in the early years, like years ago, uh, it used to be mainly from TV series. So I would watch some certain TV series that they, they pick up all this cool music and some artists I've never heard of, and then I would immediately Google. Uh, now there is also a site uh, that you can actually tune find something dot com where you can find old musics and stuff from TV, movies, games. Yeah, but I think I, I cannot say my family has influenced my taste of music, uh, maybe perhaps my friends, uh, because also coming from Greece, we also have our very specific music there uh, and so on. Uh, and mainly I could say I'm a self-sufficient researcher for new music. And now it's much more easier to find also the mainstream. Um, and uh, usually I will get on YouTube and have this time of like searching. Because I also like to uh, see the video clips, like what is the image they associate to, uh, to a song. You mentioned Friends as an example of finding new music. Like, is there a difference between the music that you get from queer friends versus the music you get from not queer friends? Yeah, <laughs> big one. Yes, that, that's a big one. And I only could uh, understand the difference when I start having more like a bigger queer circle of friends because up until 2015, more or less, I had like very few queer friends. Then when I started also doing all these projects and, and meeting with people and bringing uh, LGBTQ plus uh, people uh, together through these non-formal learning projects that I'm doing, uh, then I start finally uh, having more queer references in a way also. Uh, and also like uh, finding out new artists and, and new queer music, like new music artists who are queer also. And then they put out their music and their soul and their stories. And that was like, wow, it's a different experience for sure. What happens when all of those things collide? Like you mentioned your, your sense in music as a beautiful mess. Your, your uh, way of finding out about new artists is basically self-sufficient. How do you make sense of it all? Oh, I mean, okay, maybe a beautiful mess sounds a bit like, it's also a song, by the way. I've never actually thought about it in, in, in this way, how, how I'm making sense, because it has worked for me uh, so far in, in these in this years, and mainly I associate music a lot, like, with the stages I am in my life, like when I was more into like the depression stage, the stage of still discovering who I am, I was mainly inside. So I would search for specific music that I could connect to and that could describe uh, my my feelings and my emotions. And then while I was going through my personal journey of discovering who I am in my identity, gender, sexuality, and so on and so on, I started opening up even more. And I enjoy also a lot of music with dancing and so on. And what I've realized is very hard to find empowering music, like lyrics that they're not just about a breakup or like how my heart is bleeding about your love or like how I miss you and all these things. Like it's, it's a challenge to find music that uh, is sentimental in a way that empowers your soul and uh, motivates you and, 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 and inspires you for reaching your dreams and all kinds of other things. That it's also not the Disney style. Which I, I've also have been dancing to, like what dreams are made of. Uh, some days ago I was dancing to it for some reason <laughs> because it popped up. But I was like, hmm, uh, it's, it has been a journey to find music that it's like, hmm, this empowers me. It's not Disney, so it's great also, you know. 
All right. So the first thing that came to mind there is like Moana's How Far I'll Go. Is that even from there? But uh, I, I bet that's exactly what you don't mean. Yes, that's not what I mean. Yes. <laughs> what, I mean, Disney, it's okay, have, but yeah. Do you have an example? Uh, yes, I think it's one of my favorite songs, actually, that we also use in the projects. It's like a theme. It's from Robbie, Robbie Williams. Uh, I, lo uh, I love my life. It's a song that it has a, a very personal history in me. The first time I heard it, I was in, in Chile, uh, in the car driving between Andes Mountain with the family of my ex-partner. And uh, it was like very wow song that it came in the radio and I was looking at the Andes mountains and the scenery and I was making my dream come true because I wanted to go to Latin America for a long time and so on and then this song comes and I was like yes I was like F word but this is the song I want in every uh, last moment of our projects when we're with the queer people because it's powerful and it's like wow and then we we put we, we keep having it in at the end of every project and then we we literally share colors or we if it's winter we we throw confetti and we are all becoming a big hag and so on and it's like this is powerful it's simple it's coming from an artist who is also questionable in many ways i would say i don't know but yeah and it's not Disney. All right. <laughs> you just mentioned, you know, something that isn't just a breakup song. Well, uh, we're going to listen to a breakup song anyway. Here is a Lost on You by LP. When you get older, plain or saner, will you remember all the danger we came from? Burn like embers falling tender long for the days of no surrender years ago. Lost on You LP 2015. Uh, the uh, I want to. I, I was very close to saying the most iconic lesbian breakup song and that that has <laughs> ever been written, but I'm not entirely sure how true that is because a I'm not entirely sure if LP is actually a lesbian. She was definitely writing about a female partner at the time. Are they themselves a woman? I'm not even sure. Um, so I'm just making a whole bunch of uh, unbased assumptions here. Um, but we all make mistakes, don't we? Either way, a track that's iconic for its whistle, which is actually the first time uh, they, they uh, used it in a song. They've been whistling in the studio for ages at this point. But Lost on You is actually the first track in which they decided, you know what, let's actually include it in the recording. Which, if you ask me, worked out 
great. Why did you why did you select LP as your favorite queer artist for today? Maybe you can you can guide me through the mystery that is LP. Yes. Uh, well, that was another interesting. Like the whole reflection process of choosing uh, the songs has been very interesting because suddenly I'm ready to type and I'm realizing, oh, actually, I don't really have a favorite queer queer artist. Like I have. Quite many artists that have touched my heart and I have all these memories and so on, but then I could not say I'm one of the, like, I do like also Lady Gaga and so on, but I would not say she's my favorite queer artist or like I have this big connection with her. The one that came to mind was LP. I'm luckily, I'm, I'm lucky that I've seen her live also a few years back in Riga. Um, oh, me too. Oh, lovely. Not in and Riga, but you again. get my point. Yeah, and they're coming back on February here and I, I still need to buy the tickets. But what happens with LP, as I, I think I said already earlier, like I'm really enjoying find out, finding out about artists that nobody knows. Also in Greece, we, we used to have these artists that everybody loves and I never liked at first. It took me years to like them because everybody likes them. And LP, I first heard around 2005, 2006, where they were having this song Wasted, that was the theme song for the lesbian TV series for 25, 26. It's like a big thing to have such a lesbian TV series called South of Nowhere. Uh, so I knew about them like before they became this big hit with Lost on You. And I recall Lots of memories, being in my university uh, city, having this guitar and pretending I'm singing to the microphone and singing my heart out and, and so on. Yeah, and in, in my knowledge, as far as I know, or maybe I'm also assuming actually, because yeah, uh, they're part of, of, the, of the community. Uh, and then for me, I enjoy a lot that they're open to use in their video clips, like tell like uh, queer storytelling, like lesbian love story or, or whatever. It's there in the different ones and they keep doing that. Uh, and lately I have been listening to them quite a lot. Um, maybe I'm preparing for the new concert. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're one of the artists that have uh, influenced uh, my journey of self-discovery. So that has been important. Yeah, um, especially also when you like look at pictures from from LP, like they just kind of radiate queerness with their with their style and their 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 messy curly hair, and um, that that in and of itself is just pretty cool. Um, yeah, I would love to have that curly hair, by the way, <laughs> but I don't have it. I'm now growing it so I can make it permanent or something just to try it. Out. Yeah, no. Another cool fun thing about uh, about LP is, of course, that they. Um, also write a lot for 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 other artists like they've written songs for like Rita Ora for Rihanna for Cher and I feel like that's a good place to start right if you feel like I want to I want to find I want to go out of my way to find something semi obscure like just go to the songwriting credits and see if the people who wrote like big hits have released some songs of themselves I'm just guessing that you didn't do as big of a deep dive on LP as I did no, 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 I haven't. Like, uh, and usually when I do, I forget also the, the details. Like, the more deep research, actually, I'm not doing on music artists, but on actresses and actors. I, I'm also like this type of person who will check celebrity posts and stuff. <laughs> How did you like seeing them live, by the way? Uh, it was it was amazing, though it did feel like I want more, you know. I, I've I've been in, in a few concerts from artists outside of Greece. I also have seen 30 Seconds to Mars and I've seen like Scorpions and a few more, I don't even remember. But it always feels with those artists like it passes too fast. While our, our Greek artists, they, they stand there for like two and a half hours, like at least. And it's like, hmm, I would like some more. But uh, it was lovely, uh, and I can't wait to to be back there and, and see her and listen to her again, and maybe this time, um, I don't know, meet her in person. That will be also lovely, you know, like say S hi. <laughs> setting the expectations not 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 too low. I see. I'm loving it. No. <laughs> Why like would you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, a second song with a mandolin, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a cool, fun pattern. Um, we can discuss uh, LP's entire situation forever and ever. How about you? I'm just gonna just gonna gonna throw a big old question at you. Yeah, throw it. I'm ready. What is gender to you? <laughs> Oof, such a construction. Uh, yeah, that that's the first word. 
uh, oh, tender. Uh, it's, I, I, I am a person who I, I like to describe myself as the word puzzler. And when I, I, I go for gender in my head, like there, the last three uh, letters, I put them as there, like there to love, there to live, you know? Like I like a lot to play with the words and, and transform their, their, their different meanings. For me, oh, Zender, wow, you have some hours we can talk about. <laughs> I mean, sure, the recording is still going on, so take it away. Super. Uh, well, as I said, for me, it's, it's a construction, um, which I, I got to know from a very early age. I, I knew from a very early age I was a different type of kid from the kids around my family or like my brother, like my sibling or cousins and all these type of things. Uh, but I could only put the name of my identity and all kind of things uh, later on in my life. Uh, it's actually very recently in the last two, maybe three, two and a half years, I cannot even recall, where I identify now as a non-binary. And then um, it took some journey uh, because of course, first I was mostly busy with my sexuality and loving relationships and so on. But when it all made sense, it was like, wow, this, this really, really makes sense now. And I always had a hard time with uh, the construction that I had to behave or dress or be in a specific way because I was assigned at birth as a girl and uh, like as, as a female and so on. And I could never really see myself neither as a female, male or like man or woman. Yeah. And in, in Greece, like I, I was raised for my first 22 at least years, I was mainly living and growing in Greece where it's like there's a lot of patriarchy and all kinds of different things. So it, it took some time and struggle and challenges and fights and conflicts to uh, uh, win myself uh, in a way of like who I am and uh, be able to deconstruct this gender and say okay great thank you I know you're there but I, I, I see you but then you don't see me you know um, so you uh, you've, you've traveled a lot you've uh, raised in raised in Greece currently in Latvia and there's a whole bunch of places in between did you experience gender different and differently in the different places? Ah, uh, yes. I mean, I I find myself lucky enough to have traveled quite a lot around Europe and a bit outside of Europe. Uh, and since 2014, I'm mainly outside of Greece. So I've been in the Netherlands and now Latvia, and mainly I've been traveling a lot because of my work and, and the projects and so on. And I recall my first time I was in the Netherlands. That was in 2011. Uh, before that, I've been in a few more places like Poland or, or Spain, visiting some friends. But uh, in, in the Netherlands, that was like one of my best breakthroughs in my life. And still, like it was a life-changing moment because suddenly I'm going to a country that is considered to be um, progressive and there is already like marriage and all kinds of things. And I, I, the minute I stepped myself like in the Netherlands, I felt like, yeah, this is it, freedom, hoo-hoo, this is... Uh, this is me and so on and there um, I felt like I could be more myself than when I was in my country where I still feel pressure and on the press from the daily interactions with people and family and so on and all the musts you know you must wear a dress you must behave or you're a girl you are they want to take care of your parents or like oh, oh no <laughs> I mean as as much as um I'm happy for you that you found that the 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 freedom to uh, come to terms with who you are and try different stuff. I do want to emphasize this has nothing to do with the Netherlands, but this is all you. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> I think, Thank actually for, for mentioning. Like, uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't give this um, capitalist yes. busy shit of a country too much credit. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. It, it was more like me being outside of Greece and in a country that I felt like, hey, nobody knows me here, so that's great. I, I don't have to fake something or put, put, put masks on and so on. Of course, it has nothing to do with the country, though. For me, it, it is a, a motivation and an inspiration when you're in a country where you know there are some legal rights that they're much more better than, than yours. Uh, and also, I don't understand the language. So even if somebody tells me, oh, you are like, I don't know, like, why did you dress like that? You know, like, uh, who had it? Or I don't know. My Dutch is very basic. I will not 
be influenced by it, you know? Yeah, no, you, you, even if someone would throw a slur at your face, you don't speak the language enough to understand. Um, uh, I actually very much resonate with what you've been saying. Like I, the, the brief period that I lived in Germany, that was like such a liberation for me, not necessarily because I was in Germany, but for the exact same reasons. Like, hey, no one knows me here. I can 100% feel safe about uh, experience, uh, experimenting with different gender presentations and don't have to worry about anything because, hey, I'm probably never going to see these fuck-all people again. Yeah, exactly. It, it, ge it gets you in another perspective for sure. Is that also the reason why you left Greece? Like to find a new space in which you could experiment with quote-unquote being yourself? Yes, that, that will be one of the reasons. Uh, also, I always felt like since I was a kid, as I said earlier, like I felt I am, I'm quite different. I'm quite, I, I have this, this type of authenticity and uniqueness in me. And I don't say it in a way that, ooh, I am such a special person. It's more like I always felt I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do better, better things in my life in a way like I'm supposed to do greater things and have a purpose and so on. And that I, I am meant to be outside of my country to uh, to do that and I always felt very attracted to traveling I've been traveling since I was two years old actually like my family would take us on holidays all around and so on so this this urge of exploring and not being static has always been there uh, and then I, I wanted to discover more cultures and and, and educate myself and, and learn from all the different things and see other other constructions, other systems, other societies and, and see like, okay, do I feel better there or not? And you know, at the end of the day, it's like if you have problems and challenges and so on, you, you always carry them with you because no matter where you go, if you are, if you're questioning your, your identity, it's still there. So, so yeah, I would be traveling, but still this question mark, who am I, uh, would be there. But the more I was traveling, the more I was getting to know people and, and their stories, the more I started meeting LGBTQ plus other people, the more I start putting my pieces of the puzzle together. I'm not the person who wants to go back to their hometown and stay, and stay there. If I can have the chance to travel the world, I would definitely go for the world. Is there something... Um, that you're looking for in the different countries or is it just the act of traveling that you enjoy? It's both itself, like the act of traveling. Like I, I find myself grateful and thankful. I, I can say I have many, many homes uh, and uh, different um, landmarks in my life from different places I have in the Netherlands, now in Latvia, in Greece and a and and few more smaller ones around. Uh, so I find like I, I feel the most myself when, when I'm moving, when I'm in an aeroplane train and so on. And then what else I'm looking in, in, a, in a country is mainly like becoming one with the culture and understanding, walking the cities and, 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 what, and what is there and see like where do, where do I resonate, what do I like, what I don't like. But also uh, since I had this trip in Latin America a few years back, I realized I don't like cities anymore. Like, no, I, I really enjoy mainly to go to nature and discover all this all this nature that is already there 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 there, there is so much to explore um but first let's head back to uh kathy your uh, country of birth a greek artist uh i'm going to give my best shot at pronouncing the name natasa bofilio a track yes. called ah thank you <laughs> always nice to get that validation a track called and lefko there we go <laughs> Γιατί τα βράδια κρύβεστε στον κρίζο Βλέπω στο άσπρο σας την προβολή μου Και το μετά από το μετά γνωρίζω Αν είχα θάρρος για να πω το έλα Τώρα δεν θα είχα τη φωτιά στο αίμα Αν είχε χρώμα θα ήταν άσπρη τρέλα Αν είχε σώμα θα ήταν πάλι ψέμα Κοίτα τα χέρια πως γυρνούν στον τοίχο Σαν να χορεύουνε με τη σιωπή μου Κι εγώ που χρόνια γύρευα το στίχο Που θα εξηγήσει τη βουβή ζωή μου Μεταμφιέζω τη σιωπή σε λέξη Και τη χαρίζω σ' όποιον με εξηγήσει Να έχει το μέλλον μου να επιλέξει Και ο παρελθόν μου θα ξαναγυρίσει Τα σημαντικό 
Ζω μοναχά εν λευκό Τίποτα σημαντικό Ζω μοναχά εν λευκό Λευκή μου τύχη και λευκή ζωή Καλά τα λένε οι εγχρωμοί μου φίλοι Το πρόβλημα μου η υπερβολή μου Κι ό,τι αργεί η απάντηση να στείλει Αν είχε θάρρος να φανεί ο λόγος Τώρα δε θα ήταν φωτιά στο αίμα Αν είχε χρώμα θα ήταν άσπρο φόβος Αν είχε σώμα θα ήταν σαν και εμένα αν σ' αγαπού να μάθουν να το λένε Κι αν δες το που να μάθεις να το κλέβεις Κι αν θες να δεις τα αληθινά να καίνε Πρέπει στο ύψος της φωτιάς να ανέβεις Και σε λυπούνται που δεν τα έχεις νιώσει Και εσύ λυπάσαι που το ξέρεις πρώτος Και που κανείς δεν είχε λάβει γνώση Πως η σιωπή σου ήταν χρόνια κρότος This song makes me want to learn Greek. Um, yes. Either that, <laughs> either that, or makes me want to learn how to sing properly. Because holy shit, this is impressive. I feel like I've heard this artist before. I don't remember where. It's, this is just something very familiar about it. Uh, either way, uh, Natasha Bufiliu, a track called "Enlevko" from 2007. And uh, I know I've been sprinkling some fun facts about the song in before, but it's considerably more difficult if you cannot read the alphabet in which all of this information is written. Uh, I did find out that she used to study political science, so that's cool. Yes, she's amazing. Big, big crush on her. Uh, not only me, but for the whole LGBTQ plus community in Greece. Not, not, not the whole, okay, now I'm exaggerating out of excitement. But many of us, we, we had a big, big crush on her. She's a big, big ally. Uh, and the people who, like, there are three friends. One writes the songs, the, 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 is, is the lyricist, the, mu the one who writes the music, and then she sings. Uh, and there is assumption that the ones who write and the music and so on, they are part of the community. But I never myself figured this out. It was never important. But she... She has been a big uh, part of uh, our generation, uh, like between 2008 and 2012, 14, and still now she's one of the biggest uh, artists uh, in Greece. Like, we love her. Were you just there? You, you were kind of glossing over it, but did you just tell there is a large gay subtext to, to this artist? Could you, could you elaborate? Yes, many, many of the songs have become uh, anthems for the queer community in Greece. Uh, she's actually one of the artists I've seen the most live uh, in, the, in the concerts. And one of my favorite concerts, concerts was on my birthday, on 5th of July 2011. The next day I went to see 30 Seconds to Mars and I was disappointed, to be honest, a bit. Because I loved Jared Leto, but like... Oh. It was only one hour and 30 minutes. And in her previous concert on, on my birthday, we were there like for two hours and a half, like singing and no voice. Uh, yeah, it, it's a different passion, of course. Uh, but yeah, there are many of the songs uh, and there are some more songs that they're even more um, connected with, with, with like being Athens for the queer community, like expressing like uh, how we are resilient to society and system, not, you know, um, like, like this type of, of thoughts and, and things. Uh, she's amazing to, to watch uh, live. I haven't seen her for years. Yeah, let's see. Maybe after lockdown and stuff, I can see her again. So, yeah, this, this artist is specifically in the category Best Concert Experience. Um, could, you, could you take us, take us there? Like, in what, what, what scenario did you see her live? How did that go? Well, the one specific I have in mind, is, as I said, is the one like on, on my birthday, it was a Tuesday. Uh, it was that year that many things, it was one of my years where I had lots of breakthroughs. And I was in Athens in uh, Technopoli Gazi. It's like this 
big place in the center where all kind of different concerts are happening. And I learned this artist, artist from one of my very first queer friends who was there to help me uh, go through my journey of identifying like who I am in terms of my sexuality back then. And we were like crashing like a lot, like having this big, big love. And we went there very early and being in front. And then uh, well, we were like ah, waiting and taking pictures. She was there w with her girlfriend. I was there alone. But um, and then uh, the artist come like Natasha comes in front and I was looking at her like she's like this fairy because she has if you see her live, it's like another type of thing. And then I, I don't know what I said to her. I said, hi, it's my birthday today or something. And she actually wished me happy birthday and all kind of things. I think she was uh, testing, like, no, not testing, like checking the, the set list. Uh, and then the whole place came like full and, and many, many more people. And it was night and, and the lights, summer in Greece. Whew, it, was, it was quite something. And song after the song, and this is one of the most popular songs that she has, very powerful. Every life is like emotional, people might cry or I don't know what. Because it has also this that, that says, uh, if they love you, they should learn to tell it, you know. And Sagapuna Mathun Natolene, like that's like, that's like the my Greek version. But uh, yeah, and then after, of course, staying after longer and entering inside and hugging her, taking pictures, because... One thing I really love is expressing my gratitude to all these artists, musicians or, or actors, actresses who are doing something to, to my heart, you know. So what, you're, uh, what I'm also kind of hearing is that the only way to meet LP, like we've got a plan, we just need to find, we need to get you to a concert of theirs on your birthday and we'll all just go from there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Could be. So we're we're going to stick to the travel. Is there different vibes in like different places when you go to like concerts in different countries? Uh, whew, yeah, there is. Um, not only in in regards to concerts, but also in regards to protests. That's another thing. Like when people are protesting from the south countries, like Spain, Italy, Greece, we are very loud and very woohoo. And then in the north, people are more like. Like, yeah, you know, they're there, but they're more like, and that I also have noticed in concerts also, it's something that, um, because I haven't seen too many concerts outside of, of Greece, to be honest, but the ones I've seen, like, it's, it's another type of, 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 of atmosphere, like. That is kind of a stereotype, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I think so. No, I just wanted to, uh, like, more, like, elaborate, like, unfortunately, I do observe this type of, of, of stereotype, uh, and I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad one or not. It's more like something cultural uh, in the northern countries than the southern or west. That's why I feel like I've I've gained quite much of a perspective how these things works in the in different countries. Uh, and then maybe in a in a like in LP concert, like in a few months, I might be the the one who'd be like yeah, and then like people are looking at me, but I don't care. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So for today, were there were there any artists that didn't make the cut? Some artists that you might want to bring to the table, but Oof, many, like quite many, also mainstream ones and not mainstream ones. Uh, actually, there are many concerts I would like to see, like with the, with the famous artists. But in general, I would I would then say about artists I generally like and, and listen. Like uh, in the last years, I'm more into like mainstream music. Uh, in sense like Adele, Billie Eilish, Ed Sheeran, and uh, all kind of gang of people there, like Phineas, and, and I still like to discover some artists who are not well known. Like um, there's this song called Wait Talk. Uh, how was it? yeah Blanco White? Oh, I love him. He's such a such a such an artist like, i really enjoy his, his music and so on you know what i'm doing i'm rapidly googling all of, or, or browsing through whatever whatever device <laughs> you're using to, to 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 look something up yeah i was just wanted to remember uh, blanco white's actually name um you know the thing is what i have I'm, I'm not really using spotify i'm one of these people who doesn't really use the spotify one yeah. Ooh, that's like ooh, it's out there now uh, i'm at the yeah, it's, it is actually because everybody's like, wow, why don't you use Spotify? Ah, YouTube. And then what I do, I have 
4,000 favorites, and then I, I, I have such a struggle to go through all of them. Are you one but of yeah. those few people that actually have like something, what is it called again, like Google Red? Uh, no, YouTube Red, the, the, the subscription service? Ah, no, I don't even have the subscription. I have like many private channels with all kinds of different lists, and then I have this favorites list that I keep putting everything, and now it's overloaded with 4,000 favorite songs, which is like, okay, that's a bit problematic. Uh, but yeah, I'm listening also. Yeah, I'm bringing it right also. back to that beautiful mess, huh? Yep, you see, I'm not telling things just to, you know, there is a purpose behind, like, there is a story. Uh, yeah, artists like Kaleo or like uh, the Hopi Pole artist, Sigur Rós. Um, Bring it back to like uh, shows and the differences between countries. Like, do you also experience that, that similar difference um, when it comes to like? Pride parades or something? Yes, yes. Oh, pride parades, yes. I mean, I've been... Okay, I have this story that I haven't been in any pride parade in my own country, which is a bit sad and problematic in a way, but somehow I'm usually elsewhere, you know? I've been in, in pride parades uh, in Zagreb, in Croatia. I've been in Strasbourg. I've been in Amsterdam a few times. Uh, in Vilnius, in the Baltic Pride, in Riga Pride, and a few more I don't recall now. And when you are in Amsterdam, my God, it's like a celebration. It's like the canals, everything. It was one of my first prizes, and I was like, wow, what is this? And then when you go to countries like in the Balkans, like Zagreb, where it's still like there is a lot of a lot of work still to do, it feels more like a protest. It feels you have the police. You have it's a different type of of atmosphere. And then also like, so I've seen like, like a triangle of prides, like in the West, in the North, so post-Soviet Union, like in Latvia, Vilnius, and then also more like South. So every pride is, is a different story. And, and, and there are differences because some countries are still more fighting for the legal parts and like the protest parts. And I think that's also from conversations with queer friends, that's also where most people want to go back to, to the simplified way that, yeah, we celebrate who we are our non-binary, our trans, our lesbian, gay, all kind of things, bisexual and so on. I don't want to miss somebody. I miss many classes, but okay. So there is some some difference there for sure. Uh, I, I like that you mentioned that in uh, in the Baltics, it's a bit more of a protest still, because I feel like we could learn a lot from that. Like, uh, especially in, 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 in my little uh, Amsterdam uh, Dutch bubble, I, I, I bet like if we could uh, take back the protest and, you know, fight against the systematic transphobia that's still part of the system here and, you know, fight against the, 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 the pink washing that's been going on. Like, I bet there's a lot less pink washing in, 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 in Latvia, for example. Um, not sure here, like, I, I'm not, as I'm not Latvian, but I live here in the last years, and then our, uh, the base of our organiza- of our, of, of, of the platform of Active Rainbow is here. Uh, here I observe mostly, like, a lot of ignorance also. It's like, um, yeah, you exist, but you don't exist, and, like, as long as you are away from me, you know, here it's more like ignorance, and uh, what I find, like, a very good step towards actually being more visible here in Latvia is that the fact that from next year, from 2022, there's going to be Riga Pride also every year. Because so far in the Baltic countries, Lithuania, Estonia and Latvia, it has been that there is one Pride, so there's the Baltic Pride that happens every year in a different main city in the country. So then imagine like uh, this year it was in Riga, so Baltic Pride happened in, in, in Riga, it was in August instead of June because of the Covid and so on. But then next year it will happen in Vilnius and then after only two years it will happen here. So it's a bit like a gap that needed to be filled. Like It's not like queer people appear in Riga and in Latvia every three years and then woo, we are here. So it needs more like something of, of, of stability that, hey, we are here. And Because Latvia is one of the worst countries actually in the Ilga Europe map. Yeah. yeah so the, the the local government uh, and just the locals in general, they, they, a reminder once every three years isn't enough. They need like constant reminders that queer people exist. Now, the um, the reason why I actually strongly associate your next song with um, with 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 pride parades in general is because uh, once 
back back in the olden days i was actually on one of the boats of amsterdam pride and it's i mean it's something that was fun to experience but the song that you uh, selected for today <laughs> was on repeat um so what what do you um what is your introduction to the last track of the day well i love that song i vibe to it it's it's my feel good vibe song where i also start practicing voguing i i'm not a vogger for sure not but i whenever i will hear it i i find myself just dancing to it and it's for me it's an anthem of like yeah be who you are and enjoy uh dance your authentic life out and yeah love your life love who you are and go out there and claim your space and 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 claim it together with with other people and also have you seen the video clip i mean I cannot, I, I was never able to do this heel type of thing, like heels. I'm like, no way. <laughs> because it's like last thing to say to introduce this on what it means for me, because as a non-binary person, I struggle so much with this femininity side that I'm supposed to have so strong. And then with this song, my feminine side is also out and it's still out as I want that it to be like I claim this it's it's my it's my space and and I, I go express it out like and it's like amazing and I feel liberation and all kind of stuff and did did you hear the uh, the, the 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 wonderful seasonal version ah the Christmas yes yes of course but I I, I think I still like the original one because I don't like to think that Christmas is approaching again like for me it's like why yeah no uh, but let's 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 call it there uh, this has been Queer Sounds for today thanks so much for listening if you uh, like this show tell a friend uh, if you uh, want to support this show financially you can do so through patreon.com slash queer sounds also I completely forgot that I had a buy me a coffee page that's buymeacoffee.com slash queer sounds if you uh, th there you can do like a, a one-time donation if you're not the long-time commitment type either way you're you're gonna get a set of stickers as a thank you for supporting me financially um uh, what, uh, what i said at the beginning of the episode if you've got a job for me where i can make some actual money please hit me up um i i, I lost uh I lost my main source of income recently. So if you've got something out there for me or for Kathy for that matter, because I bet we can all use the extra help, uh, you can get in touch through at QueerSoundsPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Uh, you can send an email that's QueerSoundsPod at gmail.com. All of the information is on our website. That is QueerSounds.com. Again, Thank you, Kathy, for coming on. Thank you all Thank for you. listening. This is 2019's Todrick Hall Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels. Nails, hair, hips, heels, ass, fat, lips, real, purse, full, big bills, bitch, I'm a big deal. Legs, legs, face, eyes, thin, waist, thick, thighs, you, me, you, wish, new phone, who, this, pussy, puss, puss, give him cunt, 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 bitch, mama, yes, God, then you pop that tongue, bitch, this whole club is my runway run, bitch, y'all, five, four, three, twos, I'm a one, bitch. Girl, what did that girl just say, girl? Girl, I don't dance, I work. I don't play, I slay. I don't walk, I strut, 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 and then sashay. But I don't work for free. That's not the tea, hunty. So make it rain on me, and I might let you see. My nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels. My nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels. Head, shoulders, knees, toes, don't know these hoes. Face, lips, eyes, nose, camera, click, we pose. Beat, mug, limp, wrist, VIP list, wave, wave, blow a kiss. I'm that bitch, sis. Left, right, left, right, left with a spin, bitch. Where's my sash and crown? Cause I win, bitch. I'm so fab, I'm gone with the wind, bitch. Y'all six, seven, eight, nines, I'm a ten, bitch. Girl, what did that girl just say, girl? Girl, I don't dance, I work. I don't play, I slay. I don't walk, I strut, 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 and then sashay. But I don't work for free. That's not the tea, hunty. So make it rain on me, and I might let you see. What you gonna let them see? My nails, head, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels. My nails, 
Okay, dolls, y'all know what time it is. Come on. Everybody on the floor. Everybody on the floor. Now I want you to stretch out those arms, stretch out those legs, stretch out that wrist, stretch out that weave. I don't want to see you dance. I want to see you work. Come on. Drop for me. Drop for me. Drop. 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 Tongue pop for me. Pop for me. Pop tongue pop for me. Pop for me. Pop tongue pop for me. Pop for me. Pop tongue pop for me. Pop for me. Pose for me. Pose for me. Pose. 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 Now blink for these. Blink for these hoes. 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 Twelve for me. Twelve for me.